the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. Christmas Day plot foiled after authorities arrest a 26-year-old California tow truck driver who recently converted to Islam and is suspected of plotting an attack on San Francisco's famed Pier 39. Authorities say the city was not in danger because an undercover agent pretending to be an Islamic State group operative was plotting with 26-year-old Everett Jameson, a former Marine with sniper training. The FBI says when they raided his home, they found a martyrdom statement and various weapons. Jackie Quinn reporting. The FBI says Jameson posted jihadist messages online including support for the driver who mowed down eight people in New York in October. In court, Jameson denied the allegations. Japan's Emperor Akihito marked his 84th birthday today with a pledge to fulfill his duties until his abdication in 2019. This is SRN News. Eric Metaxas has some advice to harassing men. This is challenging stuff. This is confusing stuff. And to me, as a Christian, I say this is an opportunity for the gospel. This is an opportunity to say, you know what? There is no way out except God. He loves you. He wants you to acknowledge the fact that you are a sinner. Even if you think you're not, guess what you are? And you need him. The Eric Metaxas Show, overnights at 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. Just after 2 o'clock in the Benjamin Franklin Plumbing Weather Center on a Christmas weekend, the Northern Alliance Radio Network is the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities, and it continues next. But first, two days until Christmas, shop smart, shop Wixen this year. No mall crowds park right at the door at Wixen Jewelers in Bloomington. They're open today till 6 and tomorrow Christmas Eve, 10 to 2. Now a quick look at the forecast. Mostly sunny out there, very pleasant, about 21. We'll drop down to about 9 degrees tonight for the low. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The bright, shining spot of green and red in the sea of dismal, dingy institutional blue. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. My name is Mitch Berg. I'm wishing you and yours a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a, a blessed whatever it is you celebrate this time of year. I, I neither apologize for Christmas nor wish to stomp on anyone else's traditions. Whatever it is you celebrate, I hope you do it well, and I hope you have a wonderful and blessed time doing it this time of year. I spent the first hour talking about things that, that bother me about the way Christmas is, is practiced today and about the way some elements of our society have, I won't say waged war on Christmas, but really sort of perverted its intent and in some cases sort of hijacked the the feeling of the season uh as as bono said at the beginning of the movie rattle and hum uh when the song helter skelter started playing he said charles manson stole this 
song from the Beatles, We're Here to Steal It Back. I, I, I intend this broadcast to note the fact that, that the, some of the intent, some of the feel of Christmas has been stolen by people who are nece- not necessarily fondly disposed to the holiday. And I, and I think a lot of you are here to steal it back. And I'd like to do exactly that today. Uh, I, I stole it back from the cultural Grinches earlier in the broadcast during the first hour. I'd like to take a, an hour and steal it back from the Grinches that work in the world of politics and in the world of theology to some extent and in, and in the world of, of, of how society runs itself. Because there are some parallels between the Christmas story and the story of conservatism and the story of this country itself that are absolutely vital, that are absolutely important that you not miss, that, that, that are important for you to carry on and pass on to those around you, I think, might humble two cents worth, and that, quite frankly, are things that society needs to be aware of. There are parallels between the two stories, not wanting to get too overreachy or too melodramatic here, but that, that do matter, that are, that are important. And one of the biggest ones, I think, is wrapped up in the very origins of the season. Uh, and, and the origin of the season is something you can't miss if you've listened to any of the Christmas carols and Christmas hymns that, that those of us of the Christian faith will be singing in church uh, come Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Uh, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Christ was sent to earth as a king, but not born as a king here on earth, born as the as a child of a of a of a couple of impoverished Judeans uh, who were being bossed hither and yon by their puppet government at the time, and and this idea, the idea that God would come to earth as a humble human being, not not a king, not a prince, someone not someone who used divinity, or actually used power to claim divinity, but in fact was quite the opposite. Someone whose divinity was not connected to earthly power, at least not overtly, and 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 yet uh, was the Son of God, and yet was completely divine. And and to put this in context, you have to remember that throughout all of human history, up until fairly recently, in fact, you have the idea fomented largely by kings for reasons that should be obvious to all of you, the idea that the king was God on earth, as the pharaohs were to the ancient Egyptians, as, as some Roman emperors were, uh, in Rome, as some kings and emperors and and uh, other monarchs have been throughout history have, have declared themselves, and and not up up to by the way, including the emperor of Japan up until 1945, who was recognized by his people as 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 God on Earth, as as a human and a god. And this is the way most throughout most of human history, most humans who have ever walked this planet have had someone ruling them who either before the Christian era and in much of the world up 
through the Christian era, up to today in some cases, considered themselves to be God walking among us here on earth, ruling them, or even in the Christian era, in Christian countries, a monarch who considered himself to be divinely ordained by God to rule. The idea that a king was a king because God had blessed him with or her, in the case of a queen, uh, had blessed him or her with the talent, the position, the authority to rule others. And this is, even in Christian countries, a common way of attributing the, the power of a king, divine right to monarchy. The idea that not only, if even if the king is not a god, him or herself, that they would be acting out the will of God on earth, which is certainly an impression you want to give if you are a king and you want to impress the peasants. So the idea that God could be born a carpenter in Galilee was an incredibly radical notion to humans 2,000 years ago. Just as 1,700 years later, the idea that the individual would have some worth above and beyond society, that the individual was capable of self-rule, and that indeed government should be, rather than a divinely ordained king supported by a group of divinely ordained nobles, supported in turn and from below by a group of selected nobles, the knights, who would whose duty was to defend the king and and the layers of monarchy and aristocracy above them and below them all the peasants and the merchants and the farmers and all the all the commoners the idea that in fact rather than that government could be and society could be a free association of equals that people were capable of governing themselves that indeed every man and woman eventually could be their own king or at least collaborate with other kings in, in ruling themselves, in, in providing order to a society, to, to protecting and defending a society, and to, to giving a society rules that everyone could live by, was equally revolutionary, and, and in fact was precisely that. We fought a revolution over it. Other countries have fought revolutions, peaceful and not so peaceful, over the idea that power is not invested by God in a single person, but in fact is given to all of us to use wisely, soberly, and prudently in each other's mutual interest, cooperatively, uh, with the idea that, that, that this is a, a power, this is a, a set of powers and rights that, that we are given by God to be good stewards of. Now, this is an inherently radical notion. And, and if you are, in fact, someone who still believes that government should govern by consent of the governed and that our society should be a free association of equals, well, then you're still a revolutionary. Because a good chunk of this society that we have today, even here in America, and even more so in places like Western Europe, China, Japan, believe in something that's really not that far removed from the model of 
the, the, the aristocratic society we described earlier with the king on the top and the, the their group of, of petty nobles around them and below them and, and, and everyone else below them. I mean, in, in the European Union, you don't have a king per se, but you still have a, a group of people who are, if not hereditary nobility, certainly the nobility of, uh, of the credentialed elites who are deemed to just be smarter and better at, at, at the whole process of, of taking care of all of our self-rule for us. You see that here in America, too. And I'm not going to say it's a progressive thing or a Democrat thing. But generally speaking, when you see someone saying, well, we should let the experts take care of it when the subject is not brain surgery, but is, in fact, things like how will our teach, uh, children be taught? How will our health care be administered? How will our taxes be uh, reformed? When you hear someone saying it's too complicated for the hoi polloi, for the, the, the mere mortals, for the commoners to understand, you're listening to someone who is talking the way someone in pre-American uh, political parlance would have spoken. You're speaking the way a theologian in, in pre-Christian theology would have spoken. The idea that some things are just too important, too complex, too difficult for mere mortals to understand is profoundly old-fashioned. And the idea that you and I, a couple of regular schnooks listening to, or in my case is speaking on, uh, a station in the suburbs of the Twin Cities, are capable of governing ourselves that's the real revolution. And it is the parallels to the story of Christmas, the story of Christianity itself, the idea that that power and divinity can all divine down can all boil down to individual human beings, in one case a divine one, in all other cases, all 320 million of us, people who are blessed with the divine right to rule ourselves and each other, if we're smart enough to do it, are equally revolutionary and equally worth celebrating this time of year as every time of year. My name is Mitch Berg. This is a special Northern Alliance Radio Network Christmas broadcast. Uh, I hope you and yours are having a, a wonderful holiday season here so far. I, I certainly wish uh, wish the best upon all of you. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some historical parallels in the United States, historical times in United States history, when Christmas itself, the season, the event, has been absolutely vital in, in, in the history of this country. It's important stuff, I think. More when we come back. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Born is the King of Israel. The shepherds look up and they saw. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? 
I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. Have pain you can't ignore? Then try first-in-class relief from Salon Pass. Salon Pass pain relief patches have everything you need in one clinically proven solution. They're the strongest label pain reliever available without a prescription. Safely relieving pain for up to 12 hours. And Salon Pass is the first and only FDA-approved OTC topical pain reliever. For first-in-class relief, get Salon Pass pain relief patches in the green box with a blue wave. Right now on thefishtwincities.com, you'll hear chestnuts roasting on an open fire and new favorites. Today the Holy Son of God was born in Bethlehem. We're the station that keeps Christ in Christmas, spreading joy all season long at thefishtwincities.com. Listen while you travel with the free Fish mobile app. Supported by Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. People say there are billions of dollars lost in a market crash. The truth is, they're not lost, they just exchange hands. And the good news is, by gaining the right kind of knowledge, you can learn to recognize the opportunities that exist and, more importantly, act on them. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder of Tradeway. Along with being an investment advisor, Tradeway offers our students a powerful education so that they can take their investments in their own hands. We break down the confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We keep it simple, fun, and personal. Come join us at our next two-day event called Step 1, Start Your Journey. You'll learn to take small steps to reach your biggest goals. Coming to the Sheraton Bloomington, January 26th and 27th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plains And the mountains in reply Echoing their Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, our Christmas special. Uh, welcome back, by the way. Always great to have you all here. And, and, and I say this uh, every year about this time. And one of the great blessings in my life is to be able to talk to each and every one of you uh, every Saturday afternoon, especially this time of year, uh, when it's my pride and, and privilege to say thank you for tuning in every year uh, to listen to our to our broadcast here. Brad King and myself uh, all, all agree this is one of the great uh, joys of our lives, uh, uh, lives, all of which are blessed with <laughs> way more joy than I think a lot of us could have possibly expected. Uh, so thank you all for that. We're talking about uh, the, the historical parallels between Chris, uh, Christmas and America, especially the vision of America that conservatives hold. And this is not intended to be a politicization of Christmas. It's not. I'm looking for parallels. I'm not claiming ownership here. But 
On the other hand, the parallels are there. We talked about those in the, the last segment, uh, the parallels between the idea that, 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 that God himself could come to earth as a human and the idea then that, that really is inextricable from that, that the power that God gave to kings could just as easily be given to commoners, to people like you and I. And in fact, there was no such thing as nobility. To be a citizen was itself to be noble. Which is an idea that shook the world to its core when it actually became the, the basis of a government. And there's another historical parallel there that leads us to one, uh, that leads us to another historical parallel, I should say, which I think is really important because every year, well, you you hear this constantly from people who are uh, who, who argue in sometimes in many cases in good faith for the establishment clause, the the clause in the Constitution that guarantees against the establishment of state religion, which is an inherently good thing. But there are people who who extend from that and say America is not a Christian nation, and and there's a point to that. Is an, is a nation? We are a nation that was has always been primarily Christian, and in fact is is probably more enthusiastically composed of people of faith than almost any other Western country today. You can think of very few that are more enthusiastically of faith than Americans in general are today. Perhaps the Poles. I mean, you have a hard time getting the Poles away from the Catholic Church, and, and thank goodness for it. It's, it's, it's brought them wonderful things, like their freedom in some respects over the last 30 years here, and God bless them for that as well. But there's a case to be made that, that we are not a, quote, Christian country, end quote, just a country made up of Christians. I, as a conservative, am fine with that. I don't want our country establishing a state religion. And yet... While America may not be, quote, Christian, end quote, as a nation, its central metaphor behind our creation is tied up in the Christian metaphor completely inextricably. You can't, wrap the, you can't unravel the two. And I think it, it, it is tied up with that for something that's also important for the Christian, Christmas season. Let's dial back to last hour. One of the six new types of cultural grinches that I was throwing brickbats at last hour was the group of people who who like to correct you on the origins of Christmas. They'll say, well, Christmas is really just a pagan holiday. I mean, it's a pagan holiday. It's not even Christian. I mean, Christ wasn't even born in December. Christians just appropriated the solstice. And that's, that's true. Historians say that, that Christ was likely not born, very likely, almost, almost completely unlikely to have been born on December 25th or even in the winter in Galilee. But that doesn't matter because when you think about it, just as Christmas as we observe it was not born Christian, Neither were any of us. We were all born into original sin. None of us, Christians are not born. They are made, and, and, and really, they are made by themselves. That When people decide to declare that Christ is their Lord and Savior it, it's, and, and become baptized in the faith, you decide to be a Christian. You no more are born into Christianity than you are born into being a 
uh, a NASCAR driver. You have to make yourself a NASCAR driver or or, or, or a great violinist. Both of them are things that you just make. And just like that, no, the fact that, that Christmas, Christmas, as we celebrate today on December 25th, may have been a pagan holiday is the point. We were all pagan holidays before we were saved by Christ. Christianity always finds fixer-uppers. And by the way, like Christians, Americans sin. Christianity is not about being perfect. It's about being forgiven and, and, and about... And about being able to achieve the Almighty, even though we are imperfect, even though we are fundamentally flawed. America is fundamentally flawed. We've had our flaws. We, you don't need to be reminded by the media that we were built heavily built around one huge flaw: the institution of slavery. We have sinned in this country, and. We continue to sin in this country. We, we murder millions of babies every year. There's nothing about being a country, even a country where the bulk of the people are Christians, that makes it perfect. And yet, just as Christianity allows each and every one of us and individuals to atone for our sins and to still approach the Almighty and the hereafter with some hope of salvation, the entire American experiment is built around the idea that we are not perfect. We can never be perfect. Perfection is unachievable on this mortal coil. But we have the tools and means at our hands to atone for that, to learn from our mistakes, and do better in the future. Almost every country in the world has practiced slavery, if not every country, every society, every culture in the world. If you go back far enough, you'll find slavery being practiced. You will have a very hard time finding any country in the world that has worked as hard, as diligently, as consistently, and and I think with as much integrity to atone for that history as the United States have. Go ahead. Ask the French if, if how they've atoned for their history of slavery in, in 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 the Caribbean and in Africa, ask the Belgians about their history of slavery in Sub-Saharan Africa, ask the Dutch about their tradition of indentured servitude in Sub-Saharan Africa and especially in Indonesia. These are countries that all practiced, if not slavery with a capital S, at least it's it's awful first cousin, and and not all that terribly long ago. Forget about Japan. Forget about Germany. <laughs> we are a country that, that, that has at least adopted the Christian ideal that we know we're not perfect. We can never achieve perfection. That we can best we can hope for is to confess our sins, repent in the best way we can, make things as right as we can, and, and, and try to move on in everyone's best interests. And that's like Christianity, and that's like the faith that was born, as the tradition says, 
thousands of years ago this weekend. And that's important. It's about the coming of redemption. The, the redemptive power of Christmas is an, an integral part of America. And if you look through the history of America, that redemption is a part of the, the, the mythology of some of the most important, searingly vital events in the history of this country, not just the, the larger ideas of, of the metaphor behind of, of, of divine right of power going down to all of us individuals, and, and, and not just about the, the idea that, that we're a society like Christianity itself that believes that it needs to occasionally humble itself and repent just a bit. Nobody tell Donald Trump that. I don't see him doing much repenting, but we'll see. You never know. But it's also a country where a big part of our national mythology is built around the redemptive power of Christmas. Whether by accident or by design, it doesn't matter. Honestly, it all works about the same in my point of view, at least for purposes of, of the story I'm trying to tell you today. Uh, my name is Mitch Berg. Uh, my blog is shotinthedark.info, shotinthedark.info. I put out material just about every weekday, although I'll probably be taking Christmas Day off, as I do most years. But five days a week, I write about my favorite stories in politics, current events, pop culture, music, history, and a little bit of everything in between, if it grabs my fancy. Uh, this is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, heard every Saturday from noon to 3, actually from 1 to 3 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot, uh, our special Christmas broadcast, uh, hoping you and yours all have a blessed Christmas or whatever holiday season you celebrate. We'll be back with more on the redemptive power of Christmas and the American story. When we come back on the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. You don't have time to fight the mall crowds or shop at a store where you may not get the attention you need. Listen, you deserve Wixen Jewelers. Wixen's highly trained staff will really take care of you. They'll help you choose the perfect gift, even if you're not sure what that is. When she opens the box from Wixen's, she'll think you shop for weeks. And you'll remember how easy it really was. Wixen Jewelers, just off 35W at 99th and Lindale, Bloomington. Online at wixenjewelers.com. Open today 9 to 6 and tomorrow Christmas Eve 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. This is John Greenhut, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. Even better, there's no messy strips or trays that you'll have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-679-0969. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow, today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 
952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no-cost financial review today. Registered representative of and independent of Questar Capital Corporation. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management. If you're part of a small business, please listen for the next 55 seconds. Paladin Law's Larry Frost may save you thousands of dollars. Don't let the pace of your business blind you to the laws you have to follow, even if you don't know they exist. Larry specializes in small business law, forming companies, writing and litigating contracts, advising you before you get in legal trouble. Avoiding disputes with suppliers, clients, and the government is a lot cheaper than solving disputes. Here is Larry Frost of Paladin Law. My goal is to meet with you and discuss your unique situation. Together, let's see if you need legal representation. If you do, I will work with you to take the legal actions needed so you can concentrate on running your business undistracted by legal worries or conflicts. I know you'll sleep better at night once you know that you're protected. Larry came from a military family and spent 27 years serving in the Marines and Army. Paladin Law will bring the same ethics and teamwork to your business. Paladin Law. Have law. Will travel. ParadinLawMN.com. You know, cracks in the foundation of your home or business are simply an invitation for long-term problems on your property. Innovative Basement Systems is the premier basement and foundation repair contractor in Minnesota, and they're a disabled veteran-owned company. The family at Innovative can officially solve any remodel or repair project. Save yourself the headaches. Call Innovative Basement Systems today at 651-964-6400 or on the web, InnovativeOnTheRadio.com. InnovativeOnTheRadio.com for Innovative Basement Systems. Gloria, Gloria, Glory to the newborn king. Welcome back to Twin Cities and World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, a special Christmas edition. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, blessings of the season to all of you, whatever your beliefs. My name is Mitch Berg, my blog, shotinthedark.info. We've talked so far this show about, I don't know, some of the perversions of the meaning of Christmas that, that our culture is starting to embrace. We talked a little bit about what I think are some of the, the philosophical parallels between the season and the country we live in. And some of the some of the social parallels and really the the metaphorical parallels between the season and this country and and honestly i when i say this country i mean the traditional version of what this country is supposed to mean uh, something that could be has been called classical liberal interpretation of what america's about and of course if you listen to this broadcast you know that when i say classical liberal i generally mean modern american conservative I, I'm not trying to politicize all it as a holiday, though. I'm truly not. Um, you can believe me. You cannot. But it's the it's a fact. I'm not. But there are things about the Christmas season that are almost impossible to unwrap from elements in American history. Uh, when you consider that uh, Christmas, if you're a Christian, and if you observe the, the, the true meaning of the season, is about redemption. It's about the idea that the world can be reborn, that, that mankind can be reborn. And if mankind can be reborn in, in the person of a, of a baby in impoverished manger in Bethlehem, that humanity itself, and you and I as individuals, not to mention the country we live in, can be reborn 
through just as humble and yet profoundly powerful means. And I take heart in saying that because we've seen that in the history of this country. Three episodes I want to talk about briefly in the time I have remaining here that I think are are things that even as famously unemotional as I, a Scandinavian-American boy, am, they still verge on making me emotional Uh, because they're so profoundly important, both for the history of this country and for the history of this this world around us. One of them was a, a took place on an extremely cold winter morning in seventeen seventy six. Seventeen seventy six is most famous to most of you and to those of us of our society who studied history is the year that the Declaration of Independence was signed. And that still gets to big headlines and we have a big party for it on July fourth. What what a lot of people shamefully don't know anymore is that after the 4th of July, like around the beginning of August and into September, things went south real fast, literally and figuratively. The British invaded uh, New York. They landed, staged an amphibious attack at Brooklyn. They crushed George Washington's army, drove him across the East River, and then humiliated him in Manhattan. They killed or captured the majority of his army. And, and the, the ones that were left, many of them deserted and went home. Because winter was coming on, they hadn't been paid, and by the way, it looked like the revolution may well have been lost. They chased George Washington from Manhattan across the Hudson River, from Fort Lee, New Jersey, all the way down New Jersey to the Delaware River. And and George Washington evacuated what was left of the Continental Army, basically a quarter of the force that had been with him on July 4th at the signing of the Declaration of Independence. About a fourth of that army was left on Christmas Eve, 1776, and it had been a cold, miserable winter so far, and the army that was left with Washington was suffering mightily, and and the Continental Congress, which was based in Philadelphia at the time, was suffering some anxiety of its own, because just six months earlier, five months earlier, they had pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their eternal honor uh, to this American Revolution, which in those days carried a death sentence. Rebelling against the King of England was not something that kings, who ruled by divine right, took kindly to. And the Founding Fathers justifiably worried that they might be called upon to pay up on that bet. Never in American history has the American experiment hung so carefully and so, so closely in the balance. One more push was all it was going to take the Brits to snuff out the American experiment. And yet, overnight on Christmas Eve, George Washington gathered up what was left of his army, hijacked a bunch of coal barges from the Schuylkill River, uh, from the coal mines up the stream, and and, and brought them downriver, and, and overnight paddled across the icy Delaware River, manhandled a small cannon out of one of the barges, and snuck up essentially on a camp full of Hessians who were watching him across the river who had been celebrating Christmas and were hung over in the morning and weren't capable of doing much, ambushed them, routed them, sent them fleeing, and then went on, marched on to Princeton, New Jersey, and a few days later routed a larger, more professional, more prepared British force. It was just two battles in most history books. But it was a Christmas miracle, because without those two victories, we might 
I'll still be speaking British if you catch my drift. I, I do believe in miracles on Christmas. I do. And that was one of them. There was no reason that George Washington should have won, that, that the American Revolution should have prevailed, that the American Revolution should have survived in the Central Atlantic states. It was tactically, logistically, really unfeasibly impossible. And yet it happened. On the day of the miracle of the birth of the Christ, the day of the miracle of the salvation of the American Revolution happened. Fast forward a few hundred years and a half. It was Christmas 1945. World War II was almost won, or so everyone thought, and indeed it was, but there had been a terrible setback. The Germans had managed to, the Nazis in this case, had managed to save up a force of, of troops, tanks, and, and fuel and launch one last mighty counterattack, and it was a brutal counterattack. It caught the Americans by surprise, caught a bunch of absolutely green American troops and some war-weary veterans completely by surprise, bulldozed over them, surrounded thousands of Americans. Some of the greatest surrenders in American history uh, took place at the what came calls the Battle of the Bulge. Now, if you've watched Band of Brothers, the epic miniseries, you know that an American Airborne Division, the 101st, and some other American troops held out in a town called Bastogne. But that by no means was that a sure thing, even at the time. And on Christmas morning, the commander of one of the German divisions that surrounded Bastogne, there were seven of them up against one American division that was low on ammunition, low on food, and lower still on everything else, sent in uh, an emissary to talk about negotiating the surrender of the, of the garrison. And the general who was in charge, he was in charge of the airborne, 101st Airborne's artillery, a fellow named Tony McAuliffe, for lack of a better term, wrote back, nuts, which doesn't mean much back then and today. Back then it was a little more pointed term, not quite profane, but certainly pointed as a way of saying, take off, hoser. The Germans didn't get that. They had to have that interpreted for them. But in a way, it was its own Christmas miracle, the fact that Americans held out against those odds at that time. At that time of the year, you can chalk it up to a lot of factors, and I'll accept all of them. But if you don't believe in Christmas miracles, seeing that episode, I'm, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to, to see why. No, I'm sorry, to see why not. Another Christmas miracle, maybe not a miracle, but just an incredibly inspirational story that I think is absolutely inseparable from the story of America happened when I was in high school. It was the darkest days of the of the Russian crackdown, or the, I should say the communist crackdown in Poland, as uh, the solidarity uprising, the rising of the of the Soviet of uh, the of the Polish labor movement that sought to uh, reform the communist government of Poland, and got stomped on hard by the. But by, by the Polish army in this case, which, by the way, has been said in some cases to have been a blessing disguise. The Polish army clamped down hard on the on solidarity uh, to prevent a Pol uh, Russian invasion of Poland. That may have been true, but hundreds died. Thousands were imprisoned uh, without charge, held in camps around Poland without uh, any access to lawyers or their families or anybody else over the holiday season. And over that holiday season, a fellow named Rommel Spasalski, Spasowski, was the Polish ambassador to the United States, uh, had an epic crisis of faith. 
And it was his first, really, because he'd grown up his entire life as a committed communist. His father had been a communist, a uh, member of the communist resistance to the Nazis who'd died in Gestapo custody. And like a good communist, he'd grown up very, very atheist. But his wife, a woman named Wanda Spasowski, gradually grew on him, grew on him over the years. And, and uh, Wanda, being a devout Catholic, managed to wear her husband down, as wives will tend to do with husbands over the decades. And and by 1980, uh, 81 rather, Romwald Spasowski, Spasowski was a committed Catholic and a Christian. And on December 25th, 1981, Romwald Spasowski defected to the United States. And it was an epic event in the history of both countries. I don't want to talk about that briefly when we come back as we discuss the miracles of the season, both in the world and in America, really. This is an episode that had a huge effect on me personally, and I hope it does on you as well. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. It's a Christmas broadcast. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you all come back for one more segment on the Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. With every Christmas card I write, may your days be merry. AM 1280, The Patriot. As Winston Churchill said, all the great things are simple and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. Hi, this is Andrew Parker with the law firm of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Join me Sundays for the Justice Hour. Special guest this week on the Justice Hour will be U.S. Representative Jason Lewis from Minnesota's 2nd Congressional District. Join Andrew as he talks Israel, politics, and the law with Jason Lewis. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. If you're like most people near retirement, you're concerned about running out of money before you run out of life. Hugh Hewitt here with Sheila Franks from Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors. Sheila, it's a real fear among people. You know, Hugh, it really is. The people I talk to are really afraid and wonder how they're going to replace that income and protect the lifestyle that they've worked so hard to create. What's the one crucial thing that people need to consider, Sheila? Hugh, it's really about how are they going to generate income in addition to their Social Security to ensure that they don't have to change their lifestyle that they've worked so hard to accomplish. Are you 100% confident that your money will last as long as you do? Call Sheila Franks at Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors. 763-545-5555. Sheila will help you create a blueprint for income for the rest of your life. Listen to Sheila's radio show Saturdays at 7 a.m. on The Patriot. Call her here at 763-545-5555. Hugh Hewitt is a paid spokesperson and is not a client of Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors or Global Financial Private Capital. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. 
National Debt Relief has helped so many people. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries. Then you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 The Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Welcome back to Twin Cities and World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, a special Christmas broadcast this weekend on the Northern Alliance. Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks, and God bless you all uh, this holiday season. I, I hope you all have as wonderful a holiday season as you could possibly imagine. We've been talking about the role of Christmas in American history and, and how important it has been, both as, as, a, as a moral beacon uh, to us as Americans, as, as a parallel for Americans to live up to, and, and quite honestly, as, as a setting for some of America's greatest miracles. And I was talking about one that doesn't get nearly the press it deserves, and yet it was a pivotal moment for me. And I remember one of the, I remember it being one of the moments that most closely tied what America should be together with the holiday season. Uh, before the segment, I was ta- before the break, I should say, I was talking about uh, the defection of uh, Ambassador Romwald Spasowski of Poland. Uh, to the United States on December 23rd of 1981. Now, this was at the height of the Soviet crackdown on the Solidarity Labor Movement at a time when when nobody on earth believed that it would lead eventually to the fall of the Berlin Wall and the collapse of communism and the freedom of Eastern Europe. This was all a decade in the future, and nobody, but nobody believed that that was the eventual end result. Anyway, we talked about uh, Ambassador Spasowski, who had grown up as a committed communist, hence he was a ambassador to the United States under the communist government, who, who over time and under the influence of his wife, Wanda Spasowska, had become a committed Catholic and who saw what was going on in his home country of Poland, where gangs of, of government-sanctioned thugs were, were beating the tar out of protesters and arresting people in, in the night and hauling them off to camps, just like in the glory days of communism all over again, with, with the deaths of hundreds of people in these protests. And he decided he couldn't take any more. Even though he was at the peak, near the peak of Polish communist life, he and his wife Wanda left. They defected. They walked across the street to the FBI uh, from the Polish embassy and defected the United States. And they took this seriously. They held a trial, sentenced him and his wife to death in absentia. They had no luck getting to him, but that was uh, serious business in those days. And... It was a couple days later, during his annual Christmas broadcast, that Ronald Reagan brought up the incident. And now, presidential Christmas broadcasts tend to be 
pretty fluffy, gauzy things, and they should be for the most part. This is not a time to politicize things if you can possibly avoid it. And most presidents have been good at it. And when I say that most presidential Christmas broadcasts are gauzy, fluffy, and forgettable, that's a good thing. You shouldn't have to remember the president jabbering on Christmas. You should remember time with your family. But this was different. This was an extraordinary time. Ronald Reagan, God bless him, recognized it. And he urged every American in that Christmas broadcast, that I do remember watching, even though I was a young liberal, and was reacting with the fear that I had been programmed by my, the people, and uh, my liberals that surrounded me at that time of my life, to, to fear Ronald Reagan and to loathe what he stood for. I saw his request that night on that Christmas broadcast that in addition to the political sanctions that he ordered against the communist government, he asked every American to light a candle for Poland in their window. And around and about my hometown, I saw a few of them as I walked around, as I, as I walked to and from work, and as I, as I wandered around the town on, the night, uh, on, on Christmas night and some of the nights thereafter. And it, it's, while I'll stop a little short of calling it a Christmas miracle, I'll say it was one of those things that impressed me with the wonder, not only of the season, but of what this country could be. The idea that this country could, could interrupt its celebration, a, a celebration that had been, even then people complained about how it had been profaned by commercialism so terribly, even at that point in history. And yet they could take time out to think about a people 4,000 miles away that they could scarcely have known much about other than what they saw on the TV. And the outpouring had its effect. The Russians realized that they, invading Poland would be a terrible idea because the American people were paying attention. And when the American people are paying attention, you don't go invading people. And when that happened, the people of Poland realized that someone was out there watching for them, and they kept the faith, and they held that faith through 10 very, very difficult years, ending eventually with much struggle, with immense travail in the fall of the Berlin Wall and the fall of communism. which itself was a miracle of biblical proportion. And I'm not going to say it started on that Christmas night in 1981 that I witnessed in my own little way in my own little town as I wandered around looking at people's front windows and the candles that people had placed out there for Poland. But I'm not going to deny it either. Because Christmas is a time of miracles and America is a place that has throughout his entire history bred miracles. And so why not see the miracles when they're there? I started with the Gospel of Luke. I'm going to finish with the Gospel of Luke. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest of heavens, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they turned off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all those things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen were just as they had been told. And so in this cynical era, I hope that each of you in your own way can do as Mary did, to treasure up all these things, all these things about about the world, about faith, about about what's good about this place and this time and this country and this group of 320 million people we share it with and ponder on them in your heart for a while here. And like the shepherds, perhaps glorify, praise God and, and perhaps the idea that God gave to each of us, that each of us is to some extent the king or queen of our own destinies, an idea that is inextricably tied up with this country that we live in. And on this holiday season, it's just one of the, the heaps of things that we all have to be thankful and grateful for, as I am thankful and grateful for the opportunity to talk to each and every one of you every Saturday afternoon from my name, Mitch Burr, from my family to yours. God bless you all. God bless America. Merry Christmas. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away, so I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. If some high-pressure salesperson twisted your arm into buying a timeshare, it's not your fault. Whether you bought decades ago or days ago, I bet that salesperson didn't mention your timeshare could cost you twice as much as a regular vacation, or that you'd never be able to use it when you wanted, or that your fees could shoot up every year. They misled you, and that's not fair. That's why we're here, to get your timeshare company to free you from your unwanted timeshare. Get the free information you need at 1-800-905-5833. We're the Timeshare Exit Attorneys, America's number one timeshare exit service run by real attorneys, not sales companies or middlemen. It was a salesperson who got you into this mess. Don't rely on a salesperson to get you out. We've got a 100% service guarantee, and our team has already helped thousands of people get out of unwanted timeshares. For free information, call 1-800-905-5833. That's 1-800-905-5833. 1-800-905-5833. 
Are you self-motivated and creative? Oh, you betcha, yeah. Do you believe in the importance of small business? Oh, yeah. Then call us. We're looking to add an additional account executive here at Salem Media Twin Cities, and you may be perfect for our team. If you're outgoing and enjoy helping local businesses reach their potential, call today at 651-289-4418. That's 651-289-4418. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. Have pain you can't ignore? Then try first-in-class relief from Salon Pass. Salon Pass pain relief patches have everything you need in one clinically proven solution. They're the strongest label pain reliever available without a prescription. Safely relieving pain for up to 12 hours. And Salon Pass is the first and only FDA-approved OTC topical pain reliever. For first-in-class relief, get Salon Pass pain relief patches in the green box with a blue wave. This is AM 1280, The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Intelligent Radio, fueled by... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.